Alright, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fellow trash talkers. Whatever time you're tuning in, I am glad to have you on board once again. You're listening to Trash Talk with D Bork, and I'm your host, Dave Bork. It is Wednesday, the 29th of November, 2023, and this is episode 7 of our NFL pod in a nice little week 12 recap. We'll touch back on some Thanksgiving football, some great, great footy games going on there. That'll be in our best of the best as well. Some time to take out the trash, and there's no doubt we'll be hitting on those primetime football games. Boy, oh boy. Uh, we'll also be sliding into our DMs and checking those out, as always, at Trash Talk with D-Bork. Kim sending those through. Thank you once again for a couple of those questions that have come through this week for there, as well as hitting on our best bets for Week 13 coming up, as well as a little Week 12 recap from our past week's bets. So, why don't we start with our best of the best, and let's start back with Thanksgiving. How do we not start with Mr. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers? Have the Packers finally found their guy? <laughs> Two weeks in a row for Mr. Love featuring here. He was absolutely brilliant on Thanksgiving and deserved that turkey leg. 268 yards, 22 of 32, three touchdowns and a huge 29 to 22 victory at Detroit. Detroit just doing what they do on Thanksgiving and that is losing football games. Tough. You would have thought this year would have been a little bit different. You know, they weren't the same old Lions, but they are the same old Lions on Thanksgiving and the tone was set immediately in this contest when Jordan Love went deep on the first play to Christian Watson. I think a lot of fans were like, oh, it's going to be one of those days. And yeah, it was. It really was. Last time these two teams met, you know, you had Monty just running all over the Packers and they shut him down early. They did. Also were shutting down Gibbs to a certain degree. But Jordan Love was, he was undeterred. He, he just kept on going. He really did. He was attacking that Detroit secondary who's been, you know, somewhat vulnerable of late. And, you know, was, was ready for the big occasion. You know, Goff did not look good. He did not for a Lions team that really needed to to get another win there on, on Thanksgiving. Just give their fans something to be happy about to go home to and have a, have a good lunch with family and friends. But nope. Once again, they lost on Thanksgiving for, I believe, the sixth time in a row. Ugh. I mean, it was really all over at halftime when Jack Harlow came out and $4 budget set. That was awful. <laughs> it really was, because you look at what Dallas did with Dolly Barton, and you look at what Jack Harlow did. He looked like he didn't want to be there. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be there if I was walking out on some... Yeah, some absolute trash that they put him out of. That was awful. That really was. So, yeah, another disappointing Thanksgiving for the Lions. I still think they're a very good football team, and they will feature in the playoffs. They're still in the box seat to win that NFC North, but... The Packers are going to make him earn it, that's for sure, with the way they're playing footy to finish this season. They have a huge matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football this week. Probably a couple of weeks ago, you looked at that match and said, oh, Kansas City probably win by 30 there. But the way that Love is playing right now, they're every chance of potentially you know, giving Kansas City a shake because you really don't know what Kansas City team you're going to get. They finally put it together a little bit in the second half last week against the Las Vegas Raiders, but... You know, consistency is always a big thing. And Love definitely has it going right now for the Green Bay Packers. So, yeah, huge, huge dub for for him and the boys there. We'll stay with Thanksgiving now. The next game, which was the Dallas Cowboys, 45-10 to absolute rout against the Washington Commanders. Dak Prescott just continues to look absolutely outstanding. He also went 22-32, but for 331 yards, four touchdowns. 
Tony Pollard, has he finally got it back together? Rushed in another touchdown in this contest, also running for 79 yards. But on the other side of the ball, there's a guy, Deron Bland, who just got his fifth pick six of the season. Seventh pick overall. You know, he's in line with uh, Desmond Ritter's got seven touchdowns overall this season. Mac Jones has 10, Gardner Minshew eight. You know, this guy, this guy almost has more touchdowns than you know some of these quarterbacks combined. It is super, super impressive. I think a lot of people thought the Cowboys were in trouble when Diggs went down injured, but Deron Bland's come on this year and said, I can, I can do it. And he has. He's got this Dallas Cowboys team absolutely motoring, and it sets up you know, a big matchup this week against the Seattle Seahawks. I think they'll be far too good for them, as well as you know the following week against Philly. As long as Dallas don't look ahead to that matchup, they're going to have a lot more time to recover than, than Philly are, given they're playing on, on Thursday night footy this week, Dallas. So they, they just really need to focus on it one week at a time, because if you get into that contest against against the Philly team still with three losses, you're still a chance to win that division. So big, big win for the Dallas Cowboys, finally giving their Thanksgiving fans something. You know, they lost. They only won one of their last three going into that one. So they may have turned the corner. Is Dak the guy again? I don't know. We'll see. Two big weeks coming up for them. Last but not least on Thanksgiving, how do we not touch on the best running back in the NFL Hard to say for me, given how much I love Derrick Henry, but Christian McCaffrey is an absolute animal. There was footage that came out, you know, showing how his battle scars, the guy was just cut up, bruised up, doesn't matter. 114 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, as well as 25 receiving yards. As long as CMC is healthy, there is no better team in the NFL. There isn't. Granted, obviously, Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt again against Philly this week. When this team has all their weapons firing, especially now that Debo's back, you know, IU, Kittle, they're one of the best offenses in the league by a long, long way if CMC is continuing to motor on the ground, which he has all season long. He, you know, he faces you know, an extremely tough rush defense in the Philadelphia Eagles this week who don't give up a lot on the ground unless we're on Isaiah Pacheco under rush yards. <laughs> but it... Sam Fran will go a long way in, into winning this game if CMC is motoring on the ground. And if he's not, it's going to you know rely on Brock Purdy and can he be that guy to you know, somewhat get a little bit of a re- revenge from you know being injured last in last year's NFC title game. He's going to have to be a guy to answer the call because you look on the other side of the fence, Jalen Hurts has an extreme advantage against a very, very poor... San Francisco secondary and you know with the weapons that they've got with AJ Brown and Devonta Smith I think Philly look to attack it through the air given how good San Fran are also on that D-line now with Chase Young and Bosa just going at you know the quarterback and running back this week in Swift so I feel like it's going to be a, it's going to be a busy game through the air for Philly in this one and San Fran are going to have to try and break that Philadelphia rush D if they're going to keep those guys you know let's be honest on the sideline this week so but yeah, huge, huge matchup coming up, which will very well decide the NFC number one seed as well. Big matchup. Last but not least, this week in our best of the best, we have to hit on the Denver Broncos. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> the Denver Broncos in there has six and five. I don't know if anyone would have seen that coming from the way their season started. A huge, huge victory against the Cleveland Browns. They they rushed for 169 on the ground, 29-12 to 12 win against one of the best D-lines in the league. They made the Browns look second rate. And we mentioned it last week in a question that was asked from one of our followers. 
De Sero, big Broncos fan. If Russ and Sean Payton were cooking up something, I I truly do believe that it is all on the ground for the Denver Broncos. They have an elite running back. You know, last season he was hurt in Javante Williams. And now this season he is completely healthy. Samaj P. Ryan, who was huge for the Cincinnati Bengals, has come across to Denver and has been brilliant on the ground as well. Russ has got his ground game going. You know, you run for close to 170 on the ground against this Browns defense, and that is going to go a long way in deciding a huge, huge win for this Broncos team, who's now in the AFC wildcard race, and I don't think anyone would have seen that coming <laughs> after they got 70 hung on them against the Miami Dolphins. Their defense is looking exactly like what it was last season. I don't know, they've flicked a switch there. I don't know what it is. And Russ isn't setting... You know, he's not setting the world on fire with his play because he, he hasn't had to when he's just given such a short field by, one, their defense being lights out, and two, their run game just motoring. And he's just been able to pick, you know, pick off guys like Corton Sutton and, and Jerry Judy and Troutman. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not putting up huge numbers, but they don't have to. And I really don't think the Broncos care as long as they're winning games. They're in the playoff conversation. This team was well and truly in the trash last season. They were well and truly in the trash in the first month of the season. So, yeah, huge, huge win for them. It sets up a massive contest this week in Houston against CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. So that'll be that'll be an absolute belter, I'm sure. Uh, a little honorable mention, Trevor Lawrence, going back to kind of mentioning Houston, had a huge win this week at the Texans, 24-21 in that contest with the Houston Texans, a little bit of a heartbreaker, hitting the crossbar to win that game. They, you know, CJ Stroud was was good again, but Lawrence just continues to make plays for this team with, with Travis Etienne struggling, I guess, a little bit. He's on a bit of a slump, but this Jaguars receiving corps just have it going now. You know, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, Evan Ingram, they've got weapons galore. They really do, and Zay Jones is now back in the lineup. They're going to be a tough, tough beat, and that win almost set up you know, an AFC South title, realistically now, for the Jags. Uh, they've got a Monday night football matchup this week against the Cincinnati Bengals, you know, a team without Joe Burrow now. They should be winning that game. They'll be 9-3. and three. <laughs> Funnily enough, I mean, the Jags are every chance to win the number one seed. So, <laughs> it's wild. Speaking of wild, if you didn't have a good laugh at... Tommy DeVito's family at the tailgate this week and obviously inside the stadium, given that <laughs> single, the Italian answer, it's, it's, it's honestly one of the best. That will now change the fist bump nature of everyone. You have to go up to me now and give me that. We're changing that for the future. <laughs> Imagine the last week was all with DeVito winning at Washington. I don't know how many Giants fans are happy because with every win moves them further away from the... I guess a top three pick, and let's be real, they were heavy in conversation to get the likes of Caleb Williams or Drake May. But when you look at it now, the Giants are only you know two, two and a half wins actually out of a playoff race. If Tommy DeVito can get him there, that would be one of the greatest stories of all time. It really would. But even if he doesn't, it is extremely enjoyable to watch this kid. Now they have a bye week. He can have a big family reunion at the bye Eat his chicken cutlets, his chicken palm, whatever his whatever his parents are cooking up. It's it's an awesome watch this season, and and one for the one for the good guys. I think it is. That is our best of the best for this week, though. So I think it's time to call the trash man and take out the trash for this week. All right, we got another 
Another decent load of trash this week. Let's stay on the topic of the Giants and the Pats. That game was awful. And outside of having a good laugh with Tommy DeVito's family and, you know, his big plays that he was making, and <laughs> the game was horrific. And the Giants have, have had a couple of shockers this year. You know, Giants-Jets was also in the trash this week as an apology. I'm oh, sorry, it was in the trash when they played as an apology to the city of New York for having to watch that and probably another apology to the city of New York for having this game televised as well. New England shanked a 20-30 yard field goal to, to tie the game. It was so bad. So, so bad. And that would have been a travesty if that game actually went to overtime so we would have been forced to watch more of it to actually see who won. So we're glad that you know the Giants finished it off and actually won that game. But please... If, if either of these teams has a primetime game and there's a chance that they do, you, they need to be flexed out. They do. The Giants have a Monday night footy game in a couple of weeks, actually, after the bye week. So I don't know whether or not we're going to get them on primetime. <laughs> Maybe they might keep them on there just for the fact of having DeVito's family there. But yeah, they're a tough watch. They really, really are. Speaking of tough watches, the Carolina Panthers... We're not going to hit on their team, though. We are going to hit on their coach, or former coach, I should say. Frank Reich, the first head coach ever to be fired in back-to-back seasons. That is tough to do. It really is. Uh, Paul Bryce Young has looked horrific this year. He really has. He's had nothing. Just looks like a, a lost kid out there. And you know, look at what CJ Stroud's doing in Houston, and he looks like a you know an MVP candidate. And Bryce Young looks like a guy who probably should still be in college. Tough watch really is. Is is it the new coach theory this week that you take the Carolina Panthers at Tampa Bay? I don't have a chance given how bad Tampa Bay are. <laughs> really. But I hope things do turn around for Bryce in Carolina. They've they've lost, you know, their their number one overall pick, which they get just handed on a platter to the Chicago Bears next season. So it's it's gonna take some time, I think, for Carolina to get things going, but you've got to help out Bryce and Get some weapons. I don't know. Make it make him play a little free because he he looks scared to do anything right now. And Frank Wright could be very well be that reason. There was a fire sale this week. They got rid of a few other a few other coaches on their staff as well. So yeah, tough times in Carolina right now. Last but not least, primetime football. Schedule makers be better. Two more horrific primetime games, and if you looked at it, you're like, "Oh, Baltimore Chargers. That that should have something." You know, Baltimore coming up against a you know horrific secondary that the Chargers have, and Lamar barely took a shot at them. The scoreline probably flatters Baltimore a little bit because, you know, the Chargers were actually in that contest, and Zay Flowers ends up running that one in late. Kind of glad he did, to be honest with you, because a lot of people, like, even the commentators were saying, oh, you know, if he was a veteran, I think they would have gone down. Mate, just let him score. The Chargers aren't scoring 10 points with a minute and a half to go. Give me a spell. Seriously. Scored 10 points in the whole game. You think they're going to score another 10 or 11 to win the game in a minute and a half? Turn it up. Especially for those of us with Zay Flowers on their fantasy team. <laughs> the Chargers just continue to stink. Like, they've been awful. I feel like... You know, Brandon Staley will be the next coach fired in the NFL this season. He might not be the only one to be fired, but this team should be winning games, and they're not. They're horrific. They're four and seven. They look awful. I don't know if you can just put the blame just solely on Staley because Herbert also hasn't been amazing. The receivers haven't been all that either. They're probably they're missing Josh Palmer a, a little bit, and without Keenan Allen, they don't throw to anyone else. 
I mean, when they try, they drop the ball, Quinton Johnson. So, <laughs> but outside of that game, then you look at the Bears Vikings, and you got you know the pastor and all. Josh Dobbs up against you know Justin Fields, who's a bit of an excitement machine at times. And then you you look at the game, and you know, Dobbs has four picks, three of those were tipped. Probably at least two of them weren't his fault. Especially the first, the first one just went straight through. Or was it the second one? I don't know. Either way, awful, terrible, terrible game of footy. The the Bears also had multiple fumbles in that one, and then probably in the last drive that the Vikings actually could have won, they. They played it incredibly safe and then gave Fields a chance to launch the DJ Moore. So, you know, neither team deserved to win that game. Probably should have ended in a draw. <laughs> really should have. It was it was bad, bad footy. Tough to watch. And, you know, you look at the primetime schedule for this week and you've got Kansas City, Green Bay, which could be okay just given the fact that Green Bay have won their last couple. But in Jacksonville, Cincy, like, yeah, I guess probably a couple of weeks ago with Joe Burrow in that team look, was going to be a cracker, but... Can't can't imagine these two games are going to be all that exciting. And there was a stat that came out yesterday that primetime unders are now twenty three and three for the season on you know Sunday night football and Monday night football. That is all time. Tough watch for those of us who actually love watching their footy. It's a great watch for those that love backing an under. <laughs> anyway, that is our trash done for the week. Why don't we run through some questions on socials at always at trash talk with D Bork on Insta for those. We're going to start with at Pistola81. First question for Pistola for the season. Let's go. There is so much hype around Dallas this year. They've gone 12-5 and their last two seasons and lost in the early playoff rounds both times to San Francisco. This year, they're looking like finishing with a similar record. What makes people think that this year will be any different to the last two years, particularly when San Fran and Philly are both still strong and Philly are most likely to win the division, meaning Dallas are forced to play to San Francisco away in the divisional round once again. Riddle me that, trash talk with deep walk. <laughs> I love it. I do. I've read a little bit into this. So, Philly are, Philly are 10-1 and play the Niners this week in a huge contest at home. Their run home is incredibly soft compared to the Dallas Cowboys. You know, they do play at Dallas the week after the Niners. Potentially two losses to Philly. Let's, let's just say they lose both. Let's say the Niners knock off Philly this week, they'll be 10-2. and two. And then Dallas go into that contest in Dallas where they've been almost unbeatable this year. We'll say Dallas win that, so that which makes Philly 10-3. and three. Dallas would also be 10-3 and three if they knock off Seattle this week and then obviously beating Philly. So they'd be tied. Dallas take the overall division lead. But then you look at the run home. Philly play at Seattle, then play the Giants twice in Arizona like that's... Realistically, should be, at the very least, three wins there. And then you've got Dallas's run home, which is at Buffalo. Tough for a team contending for an AFC wildcard spot. At Miami, incredibly tough. Again, probably competing with Buffalo for that division title or, at the very least, a wildcard spot. And then play Detroit, a team who's contending for their division title as well. So, yeah, that's a tough run for Dallas. Probably are going to finish second again. And like you said, they're going to have to, you know, one, go on the road in the first week of the playoffs, Probably playing either Detroit or Minnesota, and they should be winning those games, although Detroit could be a massive runner to to knock them off. You do lean towards it being Minnesota, given how much better Detroit's team and record is. Dallas will have no problems against Mini, but yeah, then they, they're going to have to face either the Niners or or Philly in that, in that second round of the playoffs. And yeah, again... 
They've been bad on the road. I think they'd much rather play Philly away from home in that divisional divisional round matchup. They'd rather, you know, have Philly finish second, have the Niners finished overall first, so they'd, you know, have to have to knock off the Eagles. And I, I think they'd be confident enough with, with beating Philly. You know, they almost beat Philadelphia, lost to them 23-28. Whereas, you know, against the Niners, they lost by, you know, over 30. It was like 42-10. to 10. So... They'd much rather be playing the Philadelphia Eagles, given they would have played them twice already throughout the year. It's a division match, so there's always a bit more spice in it. And Dak looks to be playing a lot more freer than he has in years past. And in years past, they relied so heavily on Zeke. This time around, they're actually trusting Dak to make plays. Granted, they only really have CeeDee Lamb, but you're getting a little bit of something now out of Brandon Cooks, which they thought they were going to get at the start of the year, and they didn't. He is now balling. He is. So I think Dallas progress if they play the Eagles, or obviously a bigger chance to progress if they play the Eagles in the second round of the playoffs rather than playing the Niners. I think the Niners absolutely destroy them, and I've, I've said it in the past, I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. But there's a bigger chance this year just given the fact that they're they're putting their, they're putting their trust in Dak to, to actually make plays rather than have Zeke run through them, especially given Pollard's not been amazing on the ground, but now he's starting to get it going. So there could still be something going on in Dallas. I don't know. Not saying they're winning a Super Bowl, but I feel like their chances are a lot better this year just trusting Dak to make the plays work for this Cowboys team. And I think America's team needs that. Thank you, Pistola. Let's go with at Hitana. Oh, old heat, the big Toulouse. With Devon Archain back, who takes the lead role in running back duties in Miami given how good most it has been? Well, Raheem the Dream has been incredible to st- yeah, pretty much all season long. He's averaged just about 71.5 rushing yards a game. Over his last three, he's, he's averaged almost 92 on the ground. You know, Archane had a, he had a stretch where he had 203 against Denver, 100 against Buffalo, and 151 against the Giants. Like That's an incredible stretch, and then went down injured the next week after that. I feel like it's still going to be most it probably over the next three or four weeks that's going to continue to get that load going, especially given how good he's been. And I think they can ease Archain back in, especially given their position in their division. They want to they want to keep him healthy. And then I reckon the last two to three weeks, you're going to see Archain take more of a more of a lead role in the running back case to mainly rest most of it for a big playoff run. And if they can share the load, if you're getting those guys going for five to six yards per carry, Tua doesn't have to do a whole lot. You know, he can obviously keep hitting Tyreek Hill and Jaden Waller and whatnot, but if those guys are if those guys are motoring on the ground, you're definitely going to see a split duty, but I think it's over the next three to four weeks that you're going to see most that really carry them, and then the last couple of weeks, Archane will take that lead role for sure. Thank you for sending that through, Heat and Pistol. I appreciate you guys sliding into those DMs. Why don't we hit our friend Jerry up and see if we can find some best bets for week 13. Show me the money! All right, little recap on last week. We went 3-1 in best bets, having two of those on Thanksgiving with the Miami Dolphins as well, covering on, on the first ever Black Friday game, but then unfortunately the over in the Baltimore Chargers game. Another primetime under, screwing us there. Reels, oh, that takes us to, sorry, 8-7 and seven for the season. Reels, 4-9 and nine now in the season in a 1-3 and three week. We were very, very unlucky on Thanksgiving. Went 0-2. Oh Brock Purdy 
our last leg on that one, letting us down. We needed him to throw for 225, and he had 140 at the half. So, yeah, rough. Ended up throwing for 209, so that was pretty stiff. Sunday went 1-1, one and one with our one loss being the Zay Flowers. 45-plus receiving yards in that contest. That was tough, especially given that Lamar went deep to him and he you know, actually dropped it. So that would have been it there. The other the other parlay winning on, on Sunday night with Derek Henry, C.J. Stroud, and Gardner Minshew, the AFC South multi-saluting there. And then we had one on Monday Night Football. We were let down by Josh Dobbs with his four picks. Uh, went under by 60, so that was that was tough. Uh, I mean, if if Dobbsy doesn't you know, turn the ball over, we probably salute there pretty easy. But... Back to the grind again this week for our best bets. Let's see what we got. Let's start with the Tennessee Titans money line plus 100 or $2 there for them. Playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. They've been very, very strong at home, especially against Indy over the years. You know, the Titans aren't completely dead for an AFC wildcard spot, so this is a game that they have to win. And I believe they should be favorites at home against Indy, who... Let's be real, they were pretty pretty average against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really couldn't stop the run there, and it's something that the Titans, I believe, are going to rely heavily on again with Derrick Henry, who had a very good game on the ground last week against the Carolina Panthers. He should continue to eat against the Colts, and if the Titans can find a way to put some pressure on Gardner Minshew, then they go a long way into winning that contest at home to keep Vrabes' seat cold. <laughs> Thursday night footy. Dallas Cowboys minus nine against the Seattle Seahawks. As long as this isn't a look-ahead spot for Dallas, which I don't think it is because they're going to have a week and a half to prepare for the Philadelphia Eagles, then they get this done against the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they're playing a team who's battered and bruised right now. You know, Geno Smith is struggling with injury right now, and they don't seem to... They don't seem to have it right now, the Seahawks, and Dallas are motoring at home. So I, I, I think they're going to win this game by two touchdowns for sure in that contest as long as you know things stay according to plan. We'll go with another big-ish line, Miami minus 9.5 at Washington. The Dolphins are just rolling right now, and they've got many of their pieces now back on defense with Holland, Howard, Ramsey. That secondary is now tightly lit. They'll be able to put a lot of pressure on Sam Howe, who's been eating a lot of sacks of late. So, and, you know, this Miami offense is just elite. <laughs> so I think they'll win that one by at least two touchdowns as well. So there are three best bets for this week. As always, keep an eye out on socials for our reels on, on TikTok and Instagram for the usual primetime sports and some Sunday, the Sunday player prop parlays. So... We'll, we'll be busy there again as always but that is it for the week 12 recap this has been a lot of fun as always can't wait to do it all again next week i hope you all have an amazing week cheer on those oregon ducks to win the pac-12 title game to get them into the college football playoffs and a lot of you uh you know keeping an eye on that let's be real <laughs> But I hope you all have an amazing, amazing week. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be in touch soon. This has been Trash Talk with D-Bork. I am out.